You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground. Well, this ground is not the ground that I'm usually speaking of. Yeah, my feet are on the ground. I'm not doing this on a plane. Isaiah Hall, publisher of Wolverine's Wire, through USA Today Sports Media Group. Um, yeah, I derailed myself completely there. If, if you're watching on video, you understand how ridiculous that was. If you're listening, you have no idea. I'm like pointing to the ground as if the sitting in, uh, in the little kitchenette area here, <laughs> as if that's anything. Um, anyway, uh, Michigan's gotten a lot of big news over the last. Um, the last however long here, uh, the last uh, three days, multiple players now coming back. The band's really coming back together. We'll talk about that. We want to talk about Joel Klatt's really interesting theory about why uh, why Jim Harbaugh is uh, going through this NFL rigmarole, and uh, we'll see where that all takes us. Uh, I only watched a couple minutes of the basketball game. I opted to go to church instead of going to the game. I literally was like getting ready. And I said, I'm going to go to church instead, instead of going to the basketball game. And then when I got back, I watched a little bit of it. But uh, we'll get more into the basketball coverage um, when it's not Sunday, uh, probably in the uh, in the coming weeks here. Well, not probably, we will. But uh, let's get into all of these guys returning. I mean, big news for Michigan across the board. Really, no one that uh, they thought that they were – at no, everyone that you thought was was on the fence ended up coming back, uh, with the exception of Jamon Green. Uh, otherwise, they all decided that they were coming back. So we already knew about Blake Corum, uh, and then they added to that mix uh, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter, Michael Barrett, uh, Chris Jenkins, who uh, announced today on the day of the deadline that was uh, that was I thought like a foregone conclusion beforehand, but then. Uh, some NFL people kind of threw some, I think it was uh, Adam Schefter or Pete Thamel, one of those two guys, had, had said that he was kind of wavering. But he had told, uh, I think, the guys at the Wolverine uh, at the the media day thing that we had at the Fiesta Bowl that he was, hey, I'm coming back. And then it just all of a sudden was kind of, well, he, he's maybe wavering because it sounds like he could be a top 100 pick. Uh, so, and Cornelius Johnson. I think that that is huge, especially because – uh, I think that all of those guys could have been drafted, right? I think every single one of them probably would have been drafted. Uh, and I think the guys that are going will be drafted. Ryan Hayes, Mozzie Smith, Mike Morris. Um, so I, I think that it, it, it's interesting. So I think even a guy like Michael Barrett, who maybe isn't the, an obvious like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a high-end guy. I could see him being the type of guy where, you know, six round comes around some team's going to look at his versatility and, and his ability and and how he's really come on and be like, we can do something with him. We can do something with a guy that can do what he does and we can build him into something more. Cause they, I think they also recognize he's, he's kind of changed roles a couple of times since he's been in Ann Arbor. So kind of found his niche uh, this past year. So there is that, but I think every one of those guys could have been drafted some higher than others. Sounds like Zach Zinter was probably the highest on the board. Uh, probably followed by Trevor Keegan. I think Blake Corum, if he didn't have the knee injury 
and could have gone and done combine things and all of that, you know, that type of stuff. I think he probably would have ended up being a, uh, I think he probably would have ended up being a, you know, round two, round three type of guy. Hard to project a running back any, any higher than that in today's NFL. But I think he probably would have at worst been like a, a third rounder, maybe a fourth rounder uh, if he was fully healthy. And I think not being healthy probably pushes him back to, to fifth, sixth, something like that. Um, so uh, I, I think it's, it's a good move for everybody. It also speaks to the uh, how I think probably how well Valiant management did with this one more year fund. Over $100,000 in, in reported donations. I don't know that that's the, the actual number. I haven't talked to Jared or anything about that. But uh, I think that uh, it speaks to that and it speaks to the culture because that is a difference. Because a couple years ago, any guy who could go to the NFL was, in even last year, Vincent Gray decided, I am ready for the NFL. And the NFL said, no, you're not. <laughs> so it, it is... It's a change, right? Because this is not the type of thing that we've seen uh, happen in recent years. It seemed like there is one player, and I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna say who. You can probably try to figure it out on your own. I was told, and maybe this isn't true. I was told he sat out the Ohio State game one year, and he didn't play. That he was fully healthy and could have played to preserve his draft stock, and didn't get drafted. So, like that was the difference. You know, between everyone was and Juwan Howard always out there saying that, you know, we're not about I, 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 me, me, me. I, I know I know that phrase way too well because it's a pain to type weirdly. But that's what some of those other even really good Jim Harbaugh teams were in a lot of ways. And that's not what this is. And I think that there was an allure to a lot of these guys. So once they once the first domino fell, Blake Corum, I think it it really did bring some allure to some of those guys to be like, you know what? I think I, I want to try to run it back. If Blake's going to come back, I think particularly for those two linemen, Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter, I think that they were probably going to do what Blake did. If Blake was like, you know what? I've had, I've, you know, Blake was really close to going to the NFL, he says. I think if he was like, you know what? It's time. I'm going to go do it. I think that's probably the, the reaction that Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter would have had. But that's what Michigan used to be. And people used to always sit there and sit, look at Ohio State and say, why can't we have what they have? They always have guys coming back that have no business coming back. And heck, they, they thought that CJ Stroud was coming back. And he last minute said, nah, just kidding, fam. I'm out of here. So it's, um, that is great for Michigan that that's happening. Let's continue talking about this, but let's move on and do so here in just a moment. But before we do that, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more effectively, or sorry, efficiently by matching opening roles with people you have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualification, qualifications all on one platform. If you want to achieve your 2023 goals, 
listen, Michigan went to the transfer portal and through recruiting to try to achieve its 2023 polls. You can do the same through LinkedIn Jobs. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, more to get to with this whole topic, and then we'll get into the, what Joel Klatt said about Jim Harbaugh, uh, which I find interesting, kind of changes my perspective on it uh, a little bit, I think, definitely. Um, anyway, it's uh, I, I just think that this is, this is the great thing about this, is having all these guys coming back is... The, these were nucleus guys and Michigan would have been in a good spot even if those guys all left, right? Like if, if Blake Corum had left, they still have Donovan Edwards, right? And he would have gotten a, you know, the, the same opportunity he got in the last three games and probably would be better, you know, right? He'll be healthy, be able to catch the ball. CJ Stokes will likely be better, you know, things of that nature. You know, they got the, the freshman there, Cole Cabana. I could see him being a guy who could get utilized. How much better does some of those other guys get? They put Isaiah Gash on scholarship. There's, there's got to be a reason for that. We've seen that happen with a guy like True Wilson end up being pretty good. So I think that would have been fine. You look at the offensive line, it's like, all right, if, if even if you lose most of those guys, I mean, you brought in three transfers, at, at least two of those guys are starting, possibly three. Uh, you've, got, uh, you've, you've got other guys who have shown that they're really, really good that have played a lot this past year due to injuries. Um, you know, you, you heck, you could have two starters out of just one position of that right tackle because Carson Barnhart and Trent A. Jones both started games. Giovanni Elhadi started games. Jeff Percy started game, right? A game, right? They had a lot of different guys. Reese Atterbury's played a lot of football, but yet you bring back those guys. You plug, then you're trying to figure out all these other people that you could kind of plug in. Well, Ladar- you know, Ladarius Henderson. Probably a starter. Drake Nugent, probably a starter. Miles Hinton, former five-star. We'll see if he can raise himself up there. That is such a loaded position group. Yet you've got the guys that are, were, you know, you've got three of, or four, technically, four of the five guys who were in the, uh, who were Joe Moore Award winners coming back and doing their thing. And Zuri's up there barking at something. I don't know what. I don't think this is what it was the other day when I was hearing hearing footsteps. Uh, but anyway, so there, there's a lot to like about that. Cornelius Johnson gives you a, a, a experienced guy who has led the team in receiving two years ago. He was second this past year. Roman Wilson's still a thing. AJ Henning is still a thing. I think a lot of us thought, well, we could probably see those types of guys go by the wayside in the transfer portal. So you still have the returning experience there. And the young experience is a year older. Usually you see a lot of those types of guys get more play in year two. Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, both being those types of guys. So that's, and also just the leadership. That's great. Michael Barrett easily had his best year this last year. And really was coming on so strong in those final couple games, at least of the Big Ten of it all, and I haven't rewatched the TCU game to really know what he did or didn't do in that game. But Michael Barrett, another one where it's just like, man, he, who would have thought eight months ago 
uh, or just back in like mid-September that that would just be a huge, huge win for Michigan to get Michael Barrett back for another year. But it is. So you have a lot of those guys who are, uh, let's see, did I miss anybody? Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins. Because you can't lose both Mossy Smith and Chris Jenkins in one year. That would have been that would have been a little bit more devastating. Now you got up and comers, Mason Graham, Rayshon Benny, Kenneth Grant, a lot of these guys who are really starting to push forward. And uh, you know, I think that they they have some really good pieces there. I'd still like to see more depth, but like, and that's one of the reasons why it's important to to retain defensive tackles because with some of those guys who left. You know, it's particularly losing Mozzie. And I know I'm thinking of someone else and I can't think of who they are. And I know they like to go with sometimes some, you know, a nose and two edge rushers. But like between them and losing some edge rushers this year, losing Taylor Upshaw to Colorado, losing Ayabioki likely to Charlotte, that, you know, that hurts. So any guy you can bring back that's productive, especially as big of a step forward that Chris Jenkins took this last year, that's huge. And the funny part about that is most, like all of those guys, big time contributors to this last year's team. But they are somewhat, with the exception of Corum, somewhat overshadowed by J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, Will Johnson, Colston Loveland. That's, you're in a really good place, Michigan. Do not 2007 this. Do not do it. Because for once, this is like the the second, this is the first time really since then that I think Michigan will have these giant expectations of like, yeah, they really, they really should win a national championship or at least get to that game. You got to go and do it. Ohio State's going to get worse for once. CJ Stroud's gone. Kyle McCord, is he going to be your starter? Is it going to be one of those other guys? But they're, they're going to get at least a, maybe a little bit worse. Maybe. Penn State's gotten better, though. You know, they did. They just brought in a, uh, was it Dante Cephas from Kent State, the wide receiver. Drew Aller is a, is a five-star type guy. They, they've got some dudes on that team. They have just as much talent as Michigan when you look on paper, losing some guys like Joey Porter Jr. and all that. But you know what? They are not bringing the band back together, per se. They're going to have to break in some things that game takes place late enough in the year where, and it's at Happy Valley, it, that makes it a little bit more of a challenging proposition for Michigan. So having all of those guys coming back, that's huge. I don't know what Zuri's doing back there. <laughs> I always love those asides here on the podcast where Zuri takes over the show. Isn't that right? Okay, now she's under me. Um, that's all for you, Jimmy Whitner. <laughs> it's all for you. I know you, you always like to inquire about Zuri. Um, but yeah, anyway... It's just having the the more experienced talent returning, having those up-and-comers, all of that. I mean, it's just, this is the type of thing when you look at a roster and you say, like, that is, they are primed to be really good. Because remember, usually teams with more experience get better. And man, does Michigan have a lot of experience returning. If you want more, go see the, the little depth chart thing that I put out on Wolverine's Wire. I put that out today. You can check that out. My projected starters, what the depth is at every position group. And uh, it's, I mean, it's impressive when you're considering how oftentimes we're looking at a lot of holes 
Very few holes right now. Really a cornerback who's going to start opposite since you lost both starters, main starters, but you still got Will Johnson and Mike Sainer still. You, you feel like it, if a healthy Jaden McBurrows or a transfer portal guy probably make the difference. I know people have their hearts set on Damani Jackson. He hasn't entered the portal. I think I think two days from now is the the last that they can do that. I don't know that that's happening. And that might just be one of those dreams out there that people have. Fever dream. They're in a fugue state. But, all right, well, we're going to finish out with this um, Jim Harbaugh theory that Joel Klatt had. I, I hope that I, I was kind of listening to it while I was preparing to go on uh, Mark Rogers' uh, video podcast. So uh, I hope I'm characterizing this correctly. But uh, we'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. I know all those sports are over, whatever. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're going to take like five minutes or so just to talk about this Joel Klatt theory. I really don't want to talk about Jim Harbaugh stuff very much anymore because I'm just kind of over it until whatever. But he he did change my mind about what I think is actually happening here. Um, and Because I think it, it makes everything kind of fall into place in a lot of ways. It, it's, it might make me a conspiracy theorist. But hey... A lot of conspiracy theories are true. Um, I can't, I, 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 I don't know. I'm not going to dig myself into a hole here. Um, but uh, I think that's one of those things here with uh, where Joel Klatt says, the reason why Jim Harbaugh is doing this contract situation, flirting with the NFL, if I, if I have what he said correctly, is because he's essentially trying to get Michigan into a place where the established powers already are. And when he first said that, I was like, that doesn't make any bit of sense. And, but then he explained like Michigan has been behind the eight ball with NIL, with some admissions things and, you know, with with some financial things, assistant coaches, pools and all of that kind of stuff. And by essentially creating the market for himself in the NFL, which would explain why he hired an agent, why he initiated the contact with the Carolina Panthers, which didn't come out that way initially, why then he interviewed with the Denver Broncos, and it's like, oh, he's a top choice. All of that is to get Michigan to be like, fine, what can we do to get you to stay? And therefore, gets everything that he feels like he needs. It's not unheard of, right? We always hear hear of that, right? Of different coaches out there playing the field and certain things to get a a pay raise, you know? The James Franklin to USC thing, you know? Like even just like floating those things around and then before you know it, boom, 10 years, $100 million. And yeah, if you can get yourself a little something too, get yourself a little cheddar in the meantime, then I think you take it. But it would make sense in the perspective that before all of this, he shoots it all down, right? He December 4th. I remember I was sitting 
right over there on this very couch behind me on the Zoom call for the Fiesta Bowl. And I had just gotten back from Indianapolis. And Jim Harbaugh says, you know, I, I will enthusiastically be back coaching the Wolverines in 2023, but then, you know, does have that, well, no one knows what the future holds. Then my last day at Disney. So that'd be what? January 5th. I'm just getting a, uh, getting myself a little treat from one of the little booths. And suddenly coming through, I get my email. I get a statement from Jim Harbaugh. No man knows what the future holds, but I'll be back enthusiastically coaching the Wolverines in 2023. And then two days, three days later, interviews with the Denver Broncos. And it's like, wait, what? So either he's just nefarious or he's kind of been telling us the whole time what he's doing. And then Joel Klatt, I think either, I don't know if it was like an informed opinion that he had or if it's just, it's, this just makes better sense to him. Like, listen, I've long thought he was coming back. Most of us thought that it was because, like, hey, he's just not feeling the love for Michigan. And that might still be true. And it still might be true with what I'm saying and what Joel Klatt's saying here. It just might be that it, it's a different kind of thing. Like, I want to feel the love in that I want to be able to build this program in a more effective way in today's modern college football. And it sounds like, yeah, going to maybe get it. And people can sit there and blame Ward and whatever. I don't get the Ward hate as much. I understand, like, maybe, like, the beeline situation could have gone better. But I know it's a bunch of the coaches. The Mel Pearson situation did not go well. I, I, I feel like he's kind of a scapegoat in a lot of ways. But Ward Manuel is still, like, a product of... He's a guy who has been doing this for a long time. And some athletic directors might be a little bit more forward thinking because more athletic directors are maybe willing to kind of, I don't know, look the other way on some things. Talking about NIL and some of those things. And I understand the times are a change in. It has essentially made a lot of things that were illegal illegal, even though some of those things are still illegal. It's made them legal by proxy. Just don't buy hamburgers for recruits and you're fine. But... Now it's starting to make a lot of sense. So the next step is if you're Jim Harbaugh, get this wrapped up ASAP. Come out and you're going to have to find a way to shut it down for the future because the, the only problem with it is, is it, it hit recruiting last year. It's hit recruiting in the past when he wasn't going anywhere. Like the Daxton Hill situation almost happened. You've got to find a way to make it so this doesn't, it, it, that doesn't become a narrative because it's been the last couple of years, three years of uncertainty in the off season for Jim Harbaugh. And if you want to keep this, this thing going, if you want to put yourself in the best position, give yourself some kind of competitive advantage, you don't go through this again. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Um, who knows? Well, Jim Harbaugh says no man knows what the future holds. That's how I feel about this week. That weekend went by really fast. So I don't know what we're doing this week. Tried to get a guest. Doesn't sound like it's going to happen this week. So we'll try to get another guest at some point because we're that time of year. And we'll go from there. But uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for watching and or listening. Peace. Peace.